That'll do it. The game may be over, but our coverage of Utah Jazz basketball is just beginning. That kid is on fire on catch-and-shoot threes right now. This is Utah Jazz Game Night Post Game Show. Bounces to Gobert, and he rocks the pass Presented by both Mark Miller Subaru locations. Go where love takes you in the completely redesigned 2020 Subaru Outback. Available now at Mark Miller Subaru, the official Subaru partner of the Utah Jazz. Learn more at markmillersubaru.com. Now, it's time for a complete wrap of tonight's Utah Jazz game on the Utah Jazz Radio Network. Jazz game night, post-game show. Jake Scott, Coach Tim Lacombe with you. It's brought to you by Mark Miller Subaru, Utah's only negotiation-free Subaru retailer. The Jazz lose tonight to the Denver Nuggets, 106-100. to And I think you put it uh, pretty well in the last segment, Tim. This was kind of three different games all in one. And really, the first half was pretty terrific, uh, especially, well, actually on both sides of the ball, uh, Tim. And then the third quarter was certainly a different story. Jordan Clarkson had his fury, flurry excuse me, in the fourth, but really, uh, he was about the only one out there getting it done. And it, it just was a little too little too late. Yeah, you know, it's as I'm looking at the stat sheet, I think the one thing that jumps out at me, again, we've just come to expect this, but... You know, we're talking about Jordan Clarkson. Bogey goes six for ten from three. I mean, it's that dude's play. He plays so well. Kind of just didn't have much in, late, but um, you know, typically a six for ten performance would hop off the page at you. But with Bogey, it's kind of like that's what he does. All right, let's check out your sharp stats of the game. Brought to you by the Les Olson Company. Les Olson Company, your office technology partner. The Jazz tonight shot 46.2% from the field, 45.9% from three, 17 of 37. Uh, They were led by um, Jordan Clarkson, obviously, who had 37 points tonight. Rudy Gobert had 21 points to go along with his 11 rebounds and three block shots. Bogdanovich with 18 points and six rebounds. Uh, Donovan Mitchell struggled, certainly shooting the ball, with just four points on one of 12 shooting. However, Donovan did have eight assists and five rebounds, which, um, he, you know, he didn't play a good game. There's there's certainly no disguising that, but at least he found a couple other ways to affect the ball game when he's not shooting well. Yeah, it's not like, you know, he had open shots, particularly early. I think it was late in the game. He drove it a couple times and just at that point it was getting really frustrating. Um, overall, just the bottom line is he had a, a lot of looks wide open he just didn't make, and then it kind of started to chase itself. For the Nuggets, Nikola Jokic was just terrific. He had uh, 28 points on 11 of 19 shooting. He had 10 assists, 3 steals, 4 rebounds, and uh, was was really, really good, particularly down the stretch. And it's, it's I don't know, I was about to say it's fun to watch this Nuggets team play. I don't know if I'd describe it as fun, but I certainly if you're a basketball purist, you're loving what Nikola Jokic can do, and he, he really can do just about anything. Yeah, he can. He can, he can space it and shoot it. Um, you know what makes him really difficult too, though, is he's got the ability to sweep really quickly and drive, and then he's big and strong. And once he gets, you know, near the rim, he can finish through contact. So he's a tough guard. Uh, all compounded even more, I think you get used to kind of he gets the ball, and you maybe become a ball watcher. And he's unbelievable at finding that guy right, right past your ear. Um, and you know he did that in tonight's game. Um, a couple times where you know you feel like he's going to go make a play to score it 
and he assists with 10 assists tonight. He just does it all. And I don't know if, if Denver's, you know, one of what you would classify as the best teams in the West, but uh, I'll tell you what, they have a lot of nice complimentary pieces around him. I mean, they have a lot of guys around him that really highlight what he does well. I thought Jeremy Grant was a terrific addition for Denver in the offseason. I loved what he did with Oklahoma City, and I thought he was uh, really nice, a really nice fit for this roster. And I know it's been a little up and down with him this year. You know, he and Paul Millsap, there's a little duplication there. But he was really good tonight, I thought. And Torrey Craig, I thought, was really good. Physical, really took it to the Jazz. Yeah, another game, another guy that you don't know a whole lot about. He's from South Carolina Upstate. Um, not a guy who was highly recruited, uh, but averaging four points a game. But tonight was a huge factor. I mean, these guys that are just getting opportunities, Tim, for, you know, Jamal Murray's injured. And, uh, of course, we saw what uh, the rest of the Rockets did without uh, James Harden and Russell Westbrook. And we even see, saw guys last night step up in San Antonio when uh, LaMarcus Aldridge was out. But, you know, this is – I don't want to sound like a brokered record here, but this is the NBA. These players are good. And if they get opportunities to get out there and get it done, they're going to they're gonna seize it. I mean, even look at the Utah Jazz tonight where Donovan Mitchell really couldn't get it going. Uh, Bogdanovich did at times, but Joe Ingles was struggling. Uh, Rudy wasn't necessarily getting buckets down the stretch. And Jordan Clarkson said, hey, I'll go take 22 shots tonight and was and was terrific, particularly in the fourth quarter, which is exactly what the Jazz needed. So, you know, just because Jamal Murray isn't playing doesn't exactly make it an automatic W because you've got people like Craig who are going to come in and play well. And I really do. I think you go back to the move the Jazz made. Um, I think if there is one monumental or, or one incremental win tonight, it's what Jordan Clarkson did. Um, and the fact that really the Jazz decided, hey, we're going to play through him. Made great, made for the most part good decisions and then just got scorching hot. Yeah. And you're just, the, the truth is, if another team goes on a 27 to 1 run, I mean, it's going to be really hard to win that basketball game. Yeah, and it's so crazy because momentum is so funny. Um, but it seems absolutely nuts. You talk about the NBA, and a team does not score from uh, you know the 431 mark through. Uh, I mean, they go on a 27-1 run. Uh, the Jazz scored one point in like five minutes, and it just seems crazy. But it, it, the, the game is – that's why we watch it, because anything can happen on a given night. All right, your final tonight. The Jazz fall to the Nuggets in Denver, 106-100. to Want to remind you to go where love takes you in the all-new redesigned 2020 Subaru Outback. Available now at Mark Miller Subaru, the official Subaru partner of the Utah Jazz. Learn more at markmillersubaru.com. More straight ahead. Jazz game night postgame show on the Jazz Radio Network. Jazz game night post game show. The Jazz fall in Denver tonight to the Nuggets 106 100. It's brought to you by Mark Miller's Subaru, Utah's only negotiation free Subaru retailer. Jake Scott, Tim Lacombe with you. Let's take a look at your points in the paint. Brought to you by Serta Pro Painters. Call 1 800 Go Serta. Visit SertaPro.com. That's Serta with a C. We do painting. You do live tonight in the paint, Tim. Uh, the Jazz outscored by the Nuggets 40 to 36. And I, uh, I did feel there were times, and maybe less so in this game than, than say, the Houston game. I do think there were times they didn't take an, uh, advantage of Rudy's size advantage when he'd get a mismatch in the paint. Joe caught him with a nice pass. Jordan Clarkson absolutely got him with a nice pass, too. Uh, but it seemed like they had more opportunity for that. 
it's one thing to to kind of look at, I think, and consider is, you know, uh, you get a, a switch and get that thing, you know, just space it. I agree with you. I think that's something, particularly with a small team when they're switching you, uh, they got to try to find ways to make them pay for that a little more. Because Rudy's hands are good enough now that if you get him the ball up high, they're going to have to foul him to stop him. Yeah. And and we saw some reckless shots from Rudy that he got bailed out a little bit um, uh, with some foul calls, but those, for the most part, of, uh, were going up against Jokic. If he gets somebody else like a Jeremy Grant or something like that, there's no way or there's no reason why he can't get them pinned down and, and get an easy bucket or at least I would think yeah no it's a uh, it, it's I think it's a great point um, I think that that's again you're you're always looking for how to counter what teams do to you and it kind of comes at comes at you in waves um, but that's something definitely to consider when teams switch and go smaller with Jokic how would you guard him if you were the Jazz with with Rudy Gobert because I actually thought Rudy had a pretty nice night when he was matched up on Jokic tried to push him around a little bit but I mean he hit shots that really nobody has any business making and he was making them over Rudy yeah he, he made a couple of almost Dirk-esque shots off the yeah. wrong foot and falling away um, I, I think they I think the Jazz guarded him well I think what you can't get hurt by is his assists you know I think again you get complacent at times because he's so good offensively and you feel like you got to go help you get caught in no man's land and that happened to the Jazz a few times tonight um, I think you got to just uh do a good job of trying to force him out on the floor on his catches. Uh, use your length if you're Rudy. Uh, know he wants to drive right and then just go straight up at the end. I think Rudy got left off his feet once and got and fouled, but don't you know? Be disciplined and don't leave your feet. I just wonder is he good enough to be a number one on a Western Conference Finals team? Because he's he's really good. Don't get me wrong. He can score and he can do it all. But is he good enough to be your number one guy? I mean, with the Jazz, I think they have the luxury of, of Donovan's kind of your number one on offense, even though he didn't play well tonight. And Rudy's your number one on defense. And, and Rudy is certainly more than capable of being an offensive contributor as well. But I just wonder, you know, Kawhi's good enough to be a number one on a finals team, championship team, you know, LeBron, et cetera. I wonder if Jokic is good enough to be the guy on a team that good. I don't know quite yet. I, I think that um, I think at times he's one of those guys, you watch him some nights, like tonight, and you talk about how clutch, and then there's other nights where you watch him and his body's not the best, you know. <laughs> I, I mean, that's just putting it mildly. I think he, he's the, – the fatigue factors at times in his game, I think, affect his, uh, affect, uh, affect his ability to, to contribute at that level. I'll tell you what, though, I do like Mike Malone, uh, Denver's coach. And I, I remember when Sacramento hired him and I thought, oh, man, well, finally, the Kings have – have taken a step in the right direction. They hire a good coach. Maybe they can right the ship. And he lasted what a year yeah, they in didn't Sacramento, get any time. and they uh, and they moved on from him, which just seemed crazy. And that's why I was I was glad to see him get a, a spot with Denver because you think like Denver, they could be one of those franchises which which could be on the rise like we've seen. But they made a, a run of bad coaching hires. I mean, since George Carl, they hadn't really found anybody. I mean, uh, what uh, they had Byron? Did they have Byron Scott there for a minute? They, I mean, they had a few coaches that just were not a good fit, and then uh, they found Mike Malone, who's who's kind of brought a defensive attitude to an offensive team, and it, it seems to really work. Yeah, they they play with a great uh, pace on offense. Uh, you know, definitely know what they want and go get 
you know, play through what they want. But defensively, they've really improved. Um, and they, uh, I, th- I think they're a versatile enough team. I think you talked about kind of the three-headed monster at times you could – at the four. But I think this Porter kid, I think he may be the kid down the stretch who really is somebody that uh, makes a difference for them. Brian Shaw, by the way, is who I was thinking of. Oh, Brian of. Shaw. Not, yeah. not, uh, Byron Scott. Somewhere David James is yelling at me because that's a, a gaucho. No! He'd be mad at me for, for messing true. that one up. Yeah. Uh, but, uh, yeah, but Mike Malone just seems to be to be a really good fit in, in a lot of ways, like Quinn Snyder is a really good fit uh, for the Jazz. What did you see defensively from the Jazz tonight? Uh, that was the difference. I mean, they gave up 63 points in the second half after only giving up 43 in the first. Yeah, it's uh... – it's it's I'd have to you know see that but just from my take you can deal with 106 I, the simple take you can deal with 106 and have a chance to win that game a lot easier than those games in the 126 127 right. so it's definitely more like the Jazz still a few breakdowns here and there that really hurt um, you know they work their way to get all the way back and then give up two offensive rebounds it's just those things are tough. Speaking of rebounds, let's get to your Master of the Glass tonight, brought to you by Safe Light Auto Glass, the local vehicle glass expert here for another great year of basketball. And proud to be the preferred auto glass partner of the Utah Jazz. Safe Light Auto Glass is also proud to present this year's Master of the Glass rebound program. At the end of the regular season, Safe Light will donate $5 for each rebound secured by this year's team rebound leader, with all proceeds going to benefit the neighborhood house. As usual, Rudy Gobert is your Master of the Glass with 11 rebounds, 9 defensive rebounds, 2 offensive rebounds. But Tim, uh, and you were we're going to keep an eye on this one tonight. The Jazz got uh, beat up pretty good on the glass. Out rebounded forty-three to thirty-five, eight to five on offensive rebounds, but not a real strong performance on the boards from the Jazz tonight. No, and, and not against. Uh, you're not. You you actually have I think better athletes and bigger guys. So that's that's disappointing that the Jazz lost the rebound battle again. Just a couple of breakdowns on the offensive glass, but it only takes a couple. I think the uh, the made three um, and foul when Donovan fouled uh, Grant that was off of two offensive rebounds, and you just you know you just can't weather those storms. And that was a bad foul from Donovan. Really bad. Don, Donovan had a he just had a bad night tonight, and I don't know, you know maybe there's there's a little stress there with the All Star uh, nominate or the All Star berth, I guess, uh, for the to the reserve team on TNT tonight. You know you're the subject of all the conversation. I I don't know. Maybe it got to him. It did look like once he made that shot, you know his reaction was almost a bad sign because it was you could tell it was really getting to him. And how could it, you know, he knows he knows what's going on out there, but you could tell there was there was something, and he did he did go to the locker room in the fourth quarter, so maybe he's battling something that we don't really know about. But it, it was not Donovan's night, not at all. And here I was praising him all week long about being consistent, even in the losses, and then tonight is just like man, not we have we haven't seen it uh, particularly this <clears throat> year. Haven't. Like he's actually been a guy you can pretty much pencil in um, on a nightly basis. That was like you said. I, I don't know that you'd find a game where he has has played worse. And it, it, the crazy part about it is, it's a big part of it is he just got um, pretty frustrated with seven straight misses, and then he forced a couple, and it gets more frustrating. Then you miss an open one, um, and you're kind of talking to yourself at that point. Even the one he made was not. <laughs> that was convincing. I mean, that might have been the worst shot he took all night. <laughs> For sure. And and that was the one that went in because then you said this at halftime. He was getting open looks. I mean, he was getting the shots he wanted to. It just wasn't going down. We just 
aren't used to seeing that from from Donovan Mitchell. I mean, that that feels more like a conversation we had about Rodney Hood back in the day. I've never really had that about Donovan, and you know, he can have his off nights. We we get a little we get a little spoiled with how good he is. I'm just surprised that. I mean, really, if Donovan had that night, the Jazz should be losing by 20. No doubt. With you. Yeah, and that's that's where you're you're going. Hey, that's why we got Clarkson. You know, for situations yeah. like that, another guy we can play through. Another guy can get us through some weather, some storms. Um, man, that kid's really talented. He's got a ton of wiggle. Um, he's just kind of getting more comfortable. Um, and that's a great acquisition by the Jazz. And I know that Mike Conley didn't play tonight, but that this is the type of game that they got Mike Conley for, to have a, another guy that can go out and, and contribute. And tonight it was Jordan Clarkson. We'll see if Mike Conley can get it going, but this is the type of situation that they got him for as well. And, and Bogdanovich, too, for that matter, but but Bogey was really good tonight. Can't yeah, complain I, too much about him. I'm just, uh, like, that's been the really the, the story. Everybody talks about what Mike hasn't done quite yet. But I think maybe the focus should be shifted to, you know, great, grateful we have Bogey and look what he does, um, like six for ten, and and we're talking about Clarkson, right. um, and that's just how how common it is to see him make a bunch of shots. Want to remind you to go where love takes you in the completely redesigned 2020 Subaru Outback, available now at Mark Miller Subaru, the official Subaru partner of the Utah Jazz. Learn more at markmillersubaru.com. Your final tonight, the Nuggets beat the Jazz 106-100. to We'll have more straight ahead here on your Jazz Game Night postgame show on the Jazz Radio Network. Jazz game night, post game show. Jake Scott, Tim Lacombe with you. Brought to you by Mark Miller Subaru, Utah's only negotiation free Subaru retailer. The Jazz have now lost three consecutive games. They lose to the Nuggets tonight, 106 to 100. Let's take a look at your assist feature, proudly sponsored by Larry H. Miller Dealerships. Throughout the Utah Jazz season, Larry H. Miller Dealerships donating $50 for each assist to Larry H. Miller Charities. We are driven by you. Tonight, the Jazz had 24 assists on 36 made field goals. Uh, they had eight assists apiece from Joe Ingles and Donovan Mitchell. And, Tim, that's that's not a bad number for the Jazz uh, on the assist front, and especially in the first half, it did feel like the ball was moving. It just felt like at the end of the third quarter and the beginning of the fourth, the shots were there. And I, I hate to say this because it feels like such a cop-out, but it, it just wasn't going down. No, they just couldn't make them. I, to- I totally agree with you. I think that uh, the ball movement was fine. I think the um, you know there were a couple times where the ball got sticky, but for the most part it moved, and it is a good assist number. I think you can live with that. Well, second night of a back-to-back, and Jazz play at Elevation, obviously in Salt Lake City, but you know that's going to be tough to have gas in the tank uh, at the end of the game. And Jordan Clarkson seemed to, but. Not everybody else seemed to, and I don't. I don't want to again just rattle off excuses for the Utah Jazz, but certainly that's never easy. No, it's back to backs are. I mean, they're difficult. I'm just on my second <laughs> second game in two nights broadcasting. I'm exhausted. I can't imagine playing, flying, playing. Um, so it's it's a uh, you know it's it's one that hey is the Nuggets at their place on a back to back. That would be I would say most people have picked the Nuggets to win the game, and they kind of held court. Let me, uh, well, since the Jazz lost, I I don't feel uh, uh, bad about straying from the subject for a moment. Uh, When you're coaching in college and you do conference tournament and you have to rattle off three wins in a row, four wins in a row or whatever, how hard is that? Oh, man, I'll tell you, it is 
it's exhausting because you're doing it every night, right? You're doing it every night. So, and, and the crazy part is you don't know your opponent. You you have a idea, you know, scout wise of what you want to do and who, their personnel, but you can go into you know a game and and one coach has got the scout of one team and another coach has got the scout of the other. So you're going to watch it. You're trying to watch it from both sides, and and then you figure out who wins. You go home back to the hotel. You prep till you know you get home at make a plan, prep till two or three, four in the morning. Guys come down for breakfast at nine and you try to go get another one. Because I know in the case of BYU and the West Coast Conference, you do have that Sunday off, which is probably helpful. But, you know, beating St. Mary's on Monday only have the reward of getting less than 24 hours to prepare for Gonzaga the next day. And that's your third game in four nights. I mean, you know, we're talking about back-to-backs in the NBA, but all that basketball in that short amount of time, that's got to be just grueling even on college-age young men who who probably can take it better than you and I could. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. It's uh, the other the other crazy one I remember is we got in the first four, you know, we got in there twice. We won once. So we were down 26 points to Iona. We came back and won. And our reward was we flew from Dayton to Louisville, or excuse me, uh, Dayton, yeah, Dayton to Louisville. We played Louisville, uh, played Marquette. So we basically had a day and a half to travel and play oh. in the first round game because it was a Tuesday, Thursday. Uh, and that was wild. Was that the uh, one year in Dayton you guys had President Obama at a game, right? Yes. Uh, President Obama was at the game before that one. Was but that yeah, what it, it was? was? It was that, yeah, but it was that year. And that was wild because it was difficult getting in the arena. Like people, you know, obviously they're doing way better security than they do mostly uh and so we there was traffic getting in it was hard to get in we were a little bit late and it, it was pretty interesting see i know and see it's eleven thirty, so we can get off the beaten path here but i love i love that president trump went to the to the national title football game uh president obama he was more of a basketball guy obviously and, and went to those dayton games how cool is that though if, if for these those college players or whatever to, to talk about the president being at one of their games people say oh you should concentrate on running, let them have a little fun. Let them go to a sporting event. It's special for the people that uh, the 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 players. Special for everybody. Yeah, it was. I remember walking out. So the game before ours was the one he went to. Right. And I remember walking out in the tunnel, and I could look straight down, and that's close as I've ever been to a president. You know, it was basically right. ninety four feet. He was down on the other end of the court. Wild. Pretty cool. Uh, all right, let's uh, let's take a look at your three-point takeover. We'll get back on the ball here. Sponsored by Mountain America Credit Union, helping members achieve their financial dreams for more than 80 years. Tonight from three, the Jazz were actually really good. 17 of 37, 45.9%. Jordan Clarkson was 7 of 12. Bogdanovich was 6 of 10. Ingles was 2 of 5. George Yang was 2 of 3 coming in off the bench. And I'll tell you, Tim, you know, Jazz shoot 46% from three and make 17 of them. They're not losing many of those games. No, and I'm trying to think when last time two Jazz guys, that I, I mean, seven and six, those are big numbers for, Huge. for threes. You don't see that all the time. So, yeah, they shot the ball well. The ball moved. The tempo in terms of, you know, and the way the Jazz guarded, it was better. It's just like we talked about a million times, it's that run and it's identifying in that run kind of what went wrong. And I think my, my response to that is a little bit of everything. That's right. I mean, a little bit of everything. Missed shots, offense rebounds, not getting back in transition. But that's what's crazy is Coach Rose texts me during the game um, and he said, man, it, it flips quick. You know, it went from Jazz up nine to down eight. Yep. 
and it just happened quickly. And that's momentum's crazy. Yeah, the the biggest lead I believe the Jazz had tonight uh, was eleven. So. In in Tony Parks t- tweeted out their record leading after halftime with some like twenty one or two or I mean this doesn't happen to the Jazz all that often where they they lose leads and that sort of thing in the second half but uh, again and this is going to be the biggest story of the game but twenty seven to one they gave up a twenty seven to one that is run it is really staggering I'm mean, twenty seven to one in an NBA game and where all that contact you go to the line twenty seven to one. They hit 70 points, would you say, four minutes and 15 seconds, something like that, to go yeah. in the third quarter. 431. And then, so they went four minutes, 31 seconds without scoring. And then uh, they had one point about two, three minutes into the, second, or to the fourth quarter. Just that, nuts. It's nuts. And, and you're just not going to win. And, after, and I'm telling you, like that's that. the stuff as a coach that absolutely drives you crazy. That's why I'm sitting here now. All right, so Jordan Clarkson made a free throw. To make it 71, right? To make it 71 with 10 minutes and 53 seconds left to go in the game. And then the Jazz did not score again until Jordan Clarkson made a hook shot with 8 minutes and 42 seconds. So from 4 minutes and 15 seconds to th- in the third quarter till 8 minutes and 42 seconds left to go in the game, they did not have a field goal. <laughs> That's insane. That's crazy. That is nuts. I mean, I, I don't know if I've ever seen that, actually, to be to be honest with you. We probably have because we've watched a lot of basketball. But, that's, but it seems that's very rare. Yeah, It does seem very rare. And against uh, you know a, a team like Denver that you would – well, I, I think the Jazz did get decent shots in in that period of time. They just didn't they just didn't make it. I mean, that's that's difficult. They needed somebody to break them out of the slump like Jordan Clarkson did in the fourth quarter. Eventually, they just needed somebody to do that a little bit earlier, halt that run, and they just couldn't do it. Yeah, it, to me, the silver lining is this. I mean, there was two games in a row where they got absolutely exposed defensively, and you know, again, we talked about it not being scheme, but it was more mental focus and energy right um and they answered that bell tonight i mean that's to me that's the silver lining they they guarded pretty darn well yeah good point they did uh, and it did seem like they were more on a string and all those things i mean they only gave up 106 points compared to what they've been doing i mean you'll take that they just didn't well, have just, anybody that really dominate offensively except for jordan clarkson at the end yeah you give yourself a way better chance like the jazz they were right there two possessions with three minutes to go you know, because they didn't let they they guarded and then didn't let that thing get where hey, we're just trading baskets. Just for accuracy's sake, that uh, it was four minutes and thirteen seconds in the third. Bogdanovich made a step back jump shot to make it seventy to sixty one. Okay, so four thirty. I was saying four thirty one is four thirteen. Four thirteen, and then twenty seven to one later, and it was pretty much over. Wow. How about that? All right, 106 to 100 is your final. I want to remind you to go where love takes you in the all-new redesigned 2020 Subaru Outback. Available now at Mark Miller Subaru, the official Subaru partner of the Utah Jazz. Learn more at markmillersubaru.com. We'll get Tim's final thoughts on this one coming up right around the corner here on the Jazz Radio Network.
Jazz Game Night postgame show here on the Jazz Radio Network. The Nuggets beat the Jazz tonight, 106-100. Postgame brought to you by Mark Miller Subaru, Utah's only negotiation-free Subaru retailer. Before we get some final thoughts, let's just take a quick look around the rest of the NBA. What's going on out there? Tim, the Hawks beat the Sixers, 127-117. to uh, In Game 1 of the TNT game, it was the Celtics over the Warriors, 119-104. We were laughing. You know, I know the NBA has been trying to take Golden State off national television as much as possible they need to take them off national television at all at all all the times all the time we're done with them it's just not a very interesting team to watch right now uh the cavaliers beat or excuse me the raptors beat the cavaliers 115 to 109 it was the wizards over the hornets 121 to 107 did you see that uh, bradley beal was upset that he did not make the all-star roster Uh, and he had a big night tonight with 34 points nine rebounds and nine assists uh, and, of course, the final game of the night, the Kings beat the Clippers in just a shocker, 124 uh, to 103. And uh, Kawhi Leonard, I don't believe, played in this one. And Paul George did not play well. And and one thing about load management and all this is, you know, I wonder if the inconsistency catches up to the Clippers, that they're just not used to playing together. I mean, it's such a long season. You imagine they'll get there. But they've already had some kind of bumps in the road this year on kind of the old school Clippers, not really happy with how this whole the, – the new superstars are approaching this season. But no Kawhi, and you drop a home game to the Kings. I mean, that's – you don't see that every day. Yeah, and it's I'm I'm so glad we don't live <laughs> and cheer for a team that I, I don't I just can't get my uh, my brain around it. I know it worked last year for Kawhi, but I, I think it's like anything. It's kind of been taken now too far. I I've said it for a while now. I know it did not load management did not start with Kawhi, right? I mean, Greg Popovich has been doing it for a while now. Got fined and and yada yada yada. But having that work where they systematically rested him strategically and then how he performed in the playoffs. I mean, it, you know, it's brilliant. But for those of us who like to watch the NBA on a nightly basis, I mean, it, you know, it's just setting a trend that I don't think any of us particularly enjoy. I wonder what kind of if if any. Uh, like ramifications to like salaries and things like it. I mean, it just seems to me like they're just getting paid now to pl- not play. It's, it's interesting. Well, look at, and I know some of it's speculation, but look at how Kawhi negotiated his contract with, with the Clippers. I mean, players these days just have so much leverage. They can get whatever. And and the truth is Steve Ballmer doesn't care to, to, to pay Kawhi millions of dollars to sit on the side if he, Takes Take, them to the finals. Yeah, whatever. And, sure. and it, I. This is a pet peeve. We don't necessarily need to go down this rabbit hole, but I think oftentimes these NBA teams forget that. I, I know it's championship or bust, and I got it. But you forget you're a traveling show. You're a you're a traveling rock show. Your your job is actually to put on a performance for the in-person audience as well as the television audience on a nightly basis and I think sometimes we lose track the the purpose of this is is entertainment not just a championship but whatever now the Rolling Stones except for tonight Bobby (laughs) Stewart will be your lead singer McNeil arrest Mick need a little load management. So. I mean, that is true. I mean, you you go to the Clippers, you want to watch Kawhi. 
<laughs> you're right. I mean, we, we we found Tim Lacombe. We watched his band uh, play at the, at the bar last night. We thought he sounded pretty good. He's so. a two way guy. Yeah, yeah, Nick. Mick, We're gonna bring him up. Mick need a little rest. So Nick Jagger's uh, out. Timmy Lacombe. <laughs> Tim and Lacombe, everyone. But he doesn't quite fit in the, the clothes. Price. His belly's hanging out of the shirt. <laughs> but he's doing his best. But he can strut. <laughs> he can strut with the best of them. Look uh, at him up there strutting like up. Jagger. Yeah, and and your tickets are still going to be the same. That is yeah, all. Yeah, that's same price. Yep, that is all. And the merch, yeah. But one player in basketball is so important and so critical. And if that, if you've got the best player on the floor, you're going to win more games than you're going to lose. And that there, there's so much value there. I, I think we're going to see this go more to that direction than than back the other way. But I, I think it's all going to be about results. Like last year, it worked. This year, like you're saying, are the Clippers ever going to kind of get in sync? You know what I mean? It's so driven by trends too. Right. So uh, it, it, now it's this, you know, in vogue idea, but will it always work? And will the results will actually tell the tale, I think. Because it's funny. I mean, even LeBron said, no, I'm going to, you know, I'm going to play. And the next thing you see, he sits a game and fakes an illness and gets photographed at a concert, you know, and it's like, <laughs> you're doing the same thing, man, just because you don't admit it doesn't mean you're not doing it. And I, I, you know, if it, if it works for those franchises, so be it. But, you know, I, I like the jazz approach, the the consistent and get your guys out there and, and perform. And, you know, Donovan and Rudy are so critical to to what the jazz do. I, I honestly, even if, if Rudy wanted to do something like load management, I, I mean, he's so important to what the jazz do. I don't think they could even no, come close to getting it. away with it. No way. There's no way. Nope. I mean, we saw tonight uh, Ed Davis, I thought, was was okay in, in the absence of, of Tony Bradley, but they really missed Tony Bradley tonight. Yeah, they did. I mean, the one thing I liked about Davis, at least he's kind of throwing his body around, trying to make things happen. But, but it's interesting because you're right. There, there's a major, you know, Bradley's kind of a major upgrade right now from from Davis, and it's he's really responded well to his minutes. Never thought we'd be talking about that. I know. By the way, Never. I know. Big credit to Tony Bradley. Totally, he's totally uh, played his way into this rotation and an important part of this team. And when he's not there, that you notice. Yep. And and you certainly noticed. Uh, you certainly noticed tonight. I mean, you know, in a game where they gave up a twenty-seven to one run, Rudy Gobert was still plus three. So that tells you a little tells bit about you, what yeah. you need to know. That when Ed Davis was out there, they. We're not terrific. Ed Davis was minus nine tonight, so which is tied for a team low with Donovan Mitchell, and of course Donovan didn't uh, didn't play all that well. But point being, Rudy is just so incredibly important to what the Jazz do. Yeah, incredible. It's what they've built around. You know, they they made that decision, um, and they've built around him. They they really want to be kind of a defensive oriented team first. Uh, and then he's just so vital to all the stuff he does on the offensive end, which is, you know, it's different than some guys, but he gets guys opens, open on screens, ball screens. You always have to account for his role. And, you know, he's always on the glass. Quick update, by the way, uh, for those watching the television broadcast, and I do not think David talked about this on the radio broadcast, but there was a bit of a... Um Kerfuffle. Uh, well, some jawing back and forth anyway between <laughs> George Niang, Joe Ingles, and a fan. Eric Walden of the Salt Lake Tribune uh, threw out this tweet just now. He said, for those asking about the post-game incident between Jazz players and Nuggets fans in the tunnel, I asked, and unfortunately the players were advised by team personnel not to discuss it. And it was quickly broken up, by the way. It did not uh, did not get physical, but you could tell George and Joe were a little bit frustrated, and what that fan was saying did not... Um, 
It was not. Uh, they were not going to let it go. How about that? They were not going to let it go, and and Joe doesn't let much of that go. Um, but it must have been something because Joe whipped around pretty quickly. He did, and uh, and George did too. So it, the the guy you could tell was. It's always easy to say something as guys were walking away when they turn and come back at you, big NBA guys. I had an experience like that as a younger guy with Carl Herrera right here in this building. Really? Oh, yeah. It was all fun and games until that dude started walking toward me. I was like, wait. Yeah. And he was, yeah, he's a, he's a big dude, and I think he would have choked me out in about half a second. One one quick story that has nothing to do with basketball, but in that similar note, and then we'll get your final thoughts. I PK and I were standing next to each other on the field after the the BYU Utah football game when Suspenders Boy came up to Bronco. <laughs> do you know what I'm talking about? Totally. I mean, PK and I were ten feet away from this happening, and this Suspenders Boy is just running with Bronco right down the field. You know, just mouthing off, and Bronco Mendenhall stops and takes one step towards this guy, and he just goes, "Oh man." And probably wets his pants and then runs the opposite direction as fast as he can. It's all it's all fun and games until the, the until person turns around, <laughs> turns around and, th- and says, "I've had it with this, and I'm going to do something about it." Yeah. And then all of a sudden, it's like, "Well, never mind, never mind." I'm glad nothing came of that. that Me too. That just looked like it was words. Yeah, you you, you certainly don't want to uh, to see anything like that happen. All right, uh, up next for the Utah Jazz, the Denver Nuggets, or excuse me, the uh, Portland Trailblazers. Denver was tonight. Uh, Damian Lillard, uh, always uh, difficult, and the Jazz are having trouble stopping guards on the perimeter. So uh, Portland, probably not the easiest matchup at this point in time, even though Portland's record is not uh, terrific. Yeah, uh, Lillard's coming off his first triple-double last last night, and he's uh, made saw a shot on Twitter. His feet were on the logo. Uh, I think he's got it going pretty good. And that's that is a handful. That that dude was a handful to guard, and I guarantee you're going to see a whole lot of isolation, middle ball screen. Yep. All right. Some final thoughts on this one, Tim, before we close the books. Well, it's it's there's there's obviously pluses and minuses. I love the way they get Jazz started the game, kind of took control of the game, uh, went into the half. You know, ball was moving, good energy on defense, uh, in kind of an inexplicable run. Um, one that we've even laughed about. Twenty-seven to one's hard to comprehend. So you you chalk a little bit of that up to bad luck, perhaps a little fatigue on a back-to-back. Um, but great effort coming back in it. Bright spots. You know Jordan Clarkson obviously. Bo, Boyan played great again. Uh, so things in the middle of a season, ups, downs, certainly in a little bit of a down right now. Be great to be able to to come out of this road trip with a win on Saturday. All right, we want to say thanks to Lock and Boone. Great job from them, as usual, calling all tonight's action. Want to say thanks to the broadcast assistants putting in that good work. Thanks to Adrian Leiser, executive producer of Jazz Game Night. Say thanks to uh, Mark Miller Subaru, title sponsor of the postgame show, Go Where Love Takes You, in the completely redesigned 2020 Subaru Outback. Available now, Mark Miller Subaru, the official Subaru partner of the Utah Jazz. Learn more at markmillersubaru.com. And, of course, thank you, Tim. Uh, it's you and I on Saturday again. How about that? Yep, three, three in a row, three this week for me. Love it, but uh, I'm looking forward to it. It'll be fun to hopefully get the Jazz back on a winning uh, streak. Your final tonight: the Jazz fall to the Nuggets in Denver, 106 to 100. Next broadcast coming your way Saturday night: Jazz in Portland to take on the Trailblazers. Tip off for that game is at 8:30. Pre-game begins at 7:30, and of course, you'll hear it all right here on the Jazz Radio Network. <laughs>